what's going on? It's your boy, Big Wavy Roy Johnson here. Hello everyone, this is the interview queen, Alicia Too. This is the infamous Cameron Solis. This is the professional Nathan Cruz. This is Veggie. This is the Callahan Death Machine in the draw and the face of Impact Wrestling. Hello everyone, it's Stephen Jackson aka DJ215 here again for BBG Wrestling with another Fight TV review, this time reviewing Game Changer Wrestling's Nick Gage Invitational number 5. So um, so this tournament, uh, the Nick Gage Invitational, I mentioned before on the podcast, is very similar to... Um, it, it's a, a basically a full-night deathmatch tournament, much like Tournament of Survival, which um, I reviewed previously, um, briefly with Mark um, in one of our previous reviews. Um, it's an annual event for Game Changer Wrestling, and Nick Gage, one of the sort of forefathers of deathmatch wrestling and Game Changer Wrestling, um, handpicks all the opponents and all the stipulations for the matches, um, which take place on this show, and every show based around the Nick Gage Invitational. It's very full on, very um, deathmatch heavy. This show, um, as with all um, Nick Gage Invitationals. Um, so I will say on the um, uh, from the outset that this is very violent wrestling, very um, hardcore esque wrestling. Very, you know, not to everyone's tastes. It's uh, it, it go. It's not to everybody's tastes, basically, as I've just said. But it was a good show. You know, it was a really good show. But just before I get into the show, um, I previously on my previous review for um, GCW Last Resort, I mentioned how there was a match which um, didn't sadly take place on the stream because um, the stream actually the feed died, um, and I was saying on the review that um, GCW often put these matches up for free on their YouTube, and lo and behold, those good fellows over at Game Changer Wrestling have put it up on their uh, YouTube channel for free for us all to watch. So um, the match was between uh, KTB and Juicy for now. So this is sort of a bonus little mini review um, to sort of finish up um, GCW Last Resort. So um, so yeah, this was this was brilliant, absolutely brilliant stuff. Um, if this had appeared on the stream, this would have been definitely the match of the show for me, um, outside of the death match. Um, Juicy for now, um, he's a big, big dude. Um, he um, made his name in the collective uh, recently, back in uh, back at the start of October. So um, GCW, um, he, he went to the shows for GCW to help put the shows together and to put the... Um, you know, rings together and things, and he was given a shot at the um, Joey Janela uh, clusterfuck, um, excuse my French, and at Paradigm Pro Wrestling. And then from there, because of his strong performances, he's just been, you know, tearing it up on the independent scene. And this match, um, which was his first sort of official debut singles match for GCW, was absolutely brilliant. KTB, forefather of GCW, legend of GCW, going up against him. You know, it was a real great contrast of styles. Um, the match itself, it was it was great. You know, the, the crowd were really into it. Juicy is kind of, if I had to kind of describe him, he's kind of a cross between Yokozuna, sort of Samoa Joe, and um, sort of Keith Lee, if you can imagine that picture. 
um, he's very he's got big things ahead of his future i know he has um this was a really strong match and really strong showing from him um there was one particular moment which was crazy where if you juicy is about he's upwards of about 400 pounds maybe i don't know his full weight to her hand but he actually went onto the apron and earlier on he teased doing a dive but what he'd done is he'd put KTB onto a chair and then uh, Juicy actually did the Cactus Jack rolling uh, senton onto um, KTB, which was nuts, onto the outside, which was insane. Absolutely insane athleticism. This Juicy can just move, you know, and KTB, you know, he was he's a big dude, but he was dwarfed by him. Um, and, you know, the thing what I liked as well was that um, KTB... You know, um, he was working a much more sort of smaller style in a sense. He was being the underdog. And there was one great spot as well where he jumped off the um, top rope and he landed, or tried to land the crossbody, but just Juicy just sort of bounced him off of his chest, which looked crazy. It looked brilliant. I'm laughing now thinking about it because it was such a great spot. Um, we actually as well on top of that got a sent on from Juicy for now off the top rope onto KTB. So a swanton bomb insane and it landed a two count um and then you know the crowd were just so fired up for this thing he's so charismatic and then ktb there was a bit of sort of miscommunication but he actually landed a power bomb which was a new uh, one count and then he landed um his uh sort of lion salt from ktv which was another one count and then he um got a yeah, sorry, no, I, I tell a lie, no. He tried to lift him up into um, a Death Valley driver. He missed, and then he followed that up with the um, Lion Salt, and then that was the win for um, for uh, KTB against the debuting Juicy for now. This was brilliant. Handshake at the end as well, so we got the respect there from the, uh, you know, the veteran for the young guy. This was absolutely brilliant wrestling. I recommend everyone check this out. It's going to be in the link at the bottom of this podcast um, description for you all to see um, directly. Um, I think Juicy's got, you know, the sky's the limit for him. And KTB, you know, is one of the best in the world today. And I really want to see him go at it again because, you know, this was just a taste of what they could do. So, um, and it was great as well. I want to thank GCW for putting this up for free, given that the stream did fall. So it was there for the whole show. And just before I do get into the NGI 5, Nick Gage Invitational 5, last resort, fantastic show, tons of fun. And this just was the icing on the cake. Um, so definitely check this out. So that's my little bonus review to um, start off the now the main review, which is the Nick Gage Invitational Tournament 5. So um started off where um, Nick Gage came out and he was um, firing the fans up with a promo. Um, he mentioned Donald Trump wanting to get him out of the White House, which got a great response. Um, lots of expletives in Nick Gage's um, promos, um, but very passionate talking and the fans love him. They absolutely love him, which is awesome. Um, he thanked the fans for coming out to the event, which was great. Um, this um, venue was also the same venue for the Tournament of Survival 5, which took place, as I said, uh, earlier in the year, which was good as well. Great fans, um, which was brilliant. Uh, and then we had a 10-bell salute for um, for the late um, Tracy Smothers, who recently passed away. Um, on air, I just want to say now that um, I send my condolences out to Tracy's friends and family, especially his family. Um, Tracy was um, 
as I'm put on Twitter, one of the hardest hitting men in wrestling, but also one of the best teachers. There are a lot of wrestlers who learnt a lot from Tracy Smothers and, you know, he really kind of um, was a sort of forefather of a lot of um, that Southern wrestling um, and then hardcore meshing of styles. So, um, yeah, it was a really nice, um, you know, tribute led by Nick Gage um, for that. So then from there we got into the actual show itself. So the first match was a swinging for the fences death match between Low Life Louie and um, Mance Warner. So um, Low Life Louie came out with a TV on a stick. Um, <laughs> Low Life Louie, very reminiscent of Homicide. He was actually taught by Homicide, taught by Homicide and uh, trained by him. Um, 24 years of pro as well I learned on commentary between uh, Kevin Gill and Nick Gage who were on commentary um, this was very um, violent there was a lot of vicious hits with there was blood blood spilled very quickly in this match and it will do in all these matches as I go on but there was sort of um, baseball bats and uh, wood with you know various different weapons attached to them so we had a thumbtack bat which went straight into Louis's head we had a um a, a cut can bat which landed in Louis's head as well which looked oh it looked awful um there was a water jug a plastic water jug which was on top of sort of like a stick which Mance Warner hit into a low life Louis's head which sounded like it hurt like hell light tubes um there was um, a barbed wire chair, which then, um, for some reason, um, Low Life Louis felt the need to ram into Mance Warner's um, gonads, <laughs> which looked nasty. He got low, uh, he got Mance Warner into an STF then, and with a bridge, and then he um, sort of started to um, stab him with the fork in the head, which looked nasty, um, and then. We had a really vicious-looking lariat and headbutt sequence, um, which only led into a two-count, which was followed by a light tube slam and a huge knee from Mantuana for the win. And then we also got um, respect from the two with a handshake afterwards. Um, so you beat one another to death, or <laughs> near death, but we'll still shake each other's hands because we've got tons of respect for one another. But no, this was... Um, this was very backyard, CZW-esque, GCW deathmatch-esque match. Um, there was no kind of technical wrestling in this one. It was just sort of throwing plunder, as uh, Dusty Rhodes would say. You got the plunder, baby. Um, it was it was very plunder-filled, this match. But it wasn't terrible, and Mance, you know, is a great guy. I'm glad he got to go through to the second round. So, um, so yeah, so Mance, adv uh, Mance advanced into the second round of the NGI 5. This was followed by a second match, which was a light tube bundles and barbed wire match between Shane Mercer and Lucky13. So, yeah, um, I need to say on air now that I think Shane Mercer and Lucky13 are two of the best independent wrestlers in the world today. Lucky13 is brilliant. He's just so innovative and so unique in what he does. And Shane Mercer is just, you know, he, he's such a, a bit like Scott Steiner, a genetic freak in what he can do in terms of his athleticism, but also his strength is absolutely insane and his looks crazy. 
Um, this was a crazy match. It was much more wrestling based than the previous match. We had a crazy tornado DDT from uh, Lucky Thirteen onto um, Shane Mercer, who looked awesome. There was a cat on nine tails, which was um, thrown into some tubes covered in barbed wire. Uh, Shane Mercer onto the cat on nine tails, which looked nasty. Lucky Thirteen had his head carved in, his face carved in by Shane Mercer with light tubes. Um, we had a Hurricane Rana from Lucky 13 to Shane Mercer on a barbed wire tube board, which was nuts. We also had one of the scariest spots I've seen, I think, in all of wrestling, where um, Shane Mercer actually, he, he put the chair out, as you would to sit on it, but then he stood on it, and he had Lucky 13 in the tombstone position, and he actually landed a tombstone pile driver on the chair while he was stood up, and that was nasty. That bent that chair like I've never seen before. But this only got a two count, crazily. And then Shane Mercer actually sort of landed a huge um, um, alarm clock. So he lifted Lucky 13 crazily into the air after um, he threw him into the ropes. And then he landed that into a, a power slam into some light tubes, which looked crazy. Um, and then we got um, Shane Mercer landing a moonsault battery onto some light tubes. But that was then followed by an insane Mike Awesome-esque Awesome bomb into a barbed wire board on the outside, which then led into the victory. And Lucky 13 really took the barbed wire straight. It got him right in his back and it got him in his head. Huge respect for him taking that bump. And on top of that, you know, Shane Mercer, you know, his strength and being able to pull that off and the respect he must have, uh, they must have for one another to be able to do that safe. Well, I say safely, but, you know, this was crazy. This this was what my favourite match of the night, by without doubt. I thought this was brilliant. I want to see these two guys go at it again in a singles match as well as a traditional singles match as well as a death match. I thought it was, you know, absolutely phenomenal. And we had respect from both guys as well, um, much like the previous match. Love this thing. It was death match wrestling, but it had a lot of um sort of hybrid um elements to it. So it was definitely um, brilliant. And then Shane Mercer went on to the um, second round then of the NGI 5. From there, the next match in the first round was a Ladders and Light Tubes death match between uh, Alex Cologne, the current reigning uh, Tournament of Survival 5 champion, against uh, Aeroboy. So Aeroboy is a luchador, um, mask luchador, and these two, we learnt on commentary, had faced each other twice um, in singles competition, but not in deathmatch competition. Um, the thing what I think... Th this was, I was really excited for this match, but I feel the crowd were really, really quiet, sadly. Um, I was really into this thing, but I was annoyed, well, not annoyed, disappointed that the crowd was so quiet for, you know, what was going on. Both guys worked really hard. Um, Aeroboy hit a crazy looking scent onto the outside. Um, there was some innovative lucha libre offense from him as well, where he kind of, there was an arm drag, which then went onto the outside, which looked really cool. Um, there was a crazy looking fall away slam to the outside, um, into a door from Aeroboy on to Alex Cologne, which looked nasty. Um, there was a senton, um, which Aeroboy missed and Alex Cologne got um, the better of it. Um, there was a uh, sp there, there was also a ladder shots into the head, because um, the ladders were big ladders like um, 
you know, the bigger ones you'd get, say, like at Money in the Bank, which then led into a Date and Destroyer from Alex Cologne, but that only got a two. Um, we got a DDT into a Suicide Dive from Aero Boy, which got, to tr got a two. We had an Air Raid crash from Aero Boy as well. And then Alex Cologne hit a Spanish Fly, which was a one count. He then hit a couple of knees, which was a one count. And then he went on top of the... Um, he went on top of the ladder, the Alex Cologne, and then he landed a huge double spot stomp into the tubes on Nero Boy, which then got the three, um, and Alex Cologne advanced. This was brilliant. Um, both guys, you know, put it really a strong match on. Um, it was a shame that the crowd was so quiet. Um, I think the previous match kind of burnt them out a little bit. Um, but I really do want to see Aero Boy back in uh, GCW again, I think. And he was in the following night, um, which I'm not reviewing for this uh, this review. But um, he, you know, he definitely has a lot to offer. And he was brilliant in this match. And Alex Cologne, you know, he's great in death matches. And this was, you know, his backyard. And you could really see he was comfortable. So really enjoyed this thing, um, you know, and I definitely want to see him go at it again in singles competition at some sorry singles competition at some point as well. So from there, the final opening round match of the uh, Nick Gage Invitational this year was a pane of glass death match between AJ Gray and the death match um, legend Masada. So Masada um, prominently wrestled in CZW. He also wrestled in um, Evolve and Ring of Honor and various other independent promotions. Um, this started off with some traditional chain wrestling, but then um, it kind of fell into something a bit different. I, I think the actual glass itself, it was big panes of sort of single pane glass. So, you know, like when you look at a, a, a double glazed window, it was very much those and they were dotted around the ring. But um, whenever they tried to do any sort of spots or anything, they um, actually broke quite quickly. But um, one thing, well, it was dangerous. I didn't enjoy, I have to say, in terms of safety and things, I, I didn't enjoy this match. Um, the glass was very um, dangerous-looking glass, and it did actually severely damage um, Masada's um, under his arm. So between his armpit and his, um, well, his upper arm, he actually got a gash which had to be taped up in the middle of the match. And AJ Gray got a gash to the back of his head, Um it was, for me, I feel this match should have stopped because um, it's a very, uh, the arteries and things and blood loss. Um, and I think that um, it was a bit um, too much for my tastes. Um, I, I get what they were getting across, but I feel it was a bit much. Um, but then we did get um, a DDT into the glass, followed by a pile driver from Masada somehow, which led into the win. And then Masada advanced and AJ Gray lost the match, um, even though Masada was severely injured. Um, this was vicious. I wasn't really a fan of this. I, I felt this was a bit... Um, this was probably the most scary match. Out, and I'm not saying a lot, but this was probably the scariest match out of all the matches from this show. Um, I thought it kind of had more of a... Um, I, it just felt a bit scary um, to watch and let alone be taking part of. So I wasn't really a fan of this thing. But um, it wasn't. It, it, they did what they did, so it wasn't terrible. But following that, we then got an intermission, 
um, and on the intermission as well as various um, promotions being um, hyped through um, I, the uh, independent wrestling TV on Fight. We also got a great um, promo exchange um, highlight package from um, Cole Radrick and Atticus Koga who were fighting the um, next night for the um, GCW and I love this thing. Atticus Koga, he is one of the best promos um, in on the independent team. I thought he really put his whole heart into this and it really showed. I felt he was brilliant and I really felt everything he was saying. And Nicole Radrick is one of the best um, technical wrestlers and best hard-hitting wrestlers and this was a really good showcase for him in terms of what he can do on the mic. I really enjoyed this promo and if you can get a chance to see this promo, it may be dotted on Twitter or social media, um, definitely check it out. Um, definitely showed a different side to Atticus Koga, which I don't think a lot of people have seen, and I really enjoyed it um, from the intermission. So um, when we came back, we then came into a six-way scramble um, match, which was between Blake Christian, Jordan Oliver, uh, Juicy for Now once again, Jimmy Lloyd, Cole Radrick, and Levi Everett. So um, Levi Everett was previously took part in the collective um he's an amish wrestler and he brings out to the um ring with him a butter churn um typical sort of humor he was part of i believe he was part of chikara um and he used to sort of bring the butter churn out and he's a he's you know i think he i think he's on the midwest independent scene um but yeah so he was bringing out the churn and then everyone got involved in churning the butter um john oliver was really funny um running in the ropes and he started churning the butter blake christian was a bit hesitant but he then did really well churning the butter jimmy lloyd did great churning it cole radrick did brilliant and then juicy for now the big man he was too aggressive with it and he wasn't doing it properly. Um, he was too much into it and then Levi got upset and um, he proceeded to attack him, Juicy for now, and then everyone went after Juicy. Um, really funny beginning exchange this match. I thought it really kind of set a different tone and really thought it was a funny um, start. Um, I love stuff like that. Just, just sort of a, a different take from what we've been seeing earlier in the show. Um and then, you know, it was just kind of crazy six-way scramble, you know, match from on, you know, from there on. So Blake Christian and uh, Cole Radrick had some great exchanges. Um, somehow Blake Christian was sat in a chair and he did a rolling, he did a roll through while holding the chair and then landed a, a drop kick, but then rolled back to sit onto the chair, which was crazy. Um Levi did a giant, um, he, he did a massive um, dive to the outside from top turnbuckle, which was great. Um, there was also a churning butter arm from Levi Everett. I think Levi Everett really shone in this match. It was really good to see him um, in there because he was kind of a different face in these kind of matches. Um, Cole Radrick as well did this crazy looking sort of arm. He had his arms behind his back and then he landed a lion salt, which looked beautiful. Um, Cole Radrick's just another level in terms of what he can do. He's another guy who, you know, needs signing up somewhere um, or definitely keeping an eye on. Uh, Jimmy Lloyd then came along with a Styles Clash um, and then um, Juicy for now came and landed um, a big um, sort of uh, not splash sorry big slam onto christian and levi everett um cole radrick went to the outside with another beautiful acai moonsault to the outside um 
Juicy then hit Jimmy Lloyd and Blake Crystal with a massive kick, which then landed, uh, but somehow Juicy ended up over the top rope, um, which looked crazy. Um, sorry, Blake Christian landed a massive kick onto Juicy for now, and then he landed over the top rope. I do apologise. Um, and then um, we got a crazy-looking arm spring, handspring DDT from Jim uh, from Blake Christian onto Jimmy Lloyd to get the win. So this was really different, fun pace um, match from what we've seen earlier on. A great showcase for all of the wrestlers involved. A great win for Christian heading into the um, New Japan Pro Wrestling Super J Cup. Um, which is taking place on the 12th of December, I believe, if I've got my dates right. Um, he's, re he's actually representing Game Changer Wrestling, which is really cool. Um, so, yeah, really enjoyed this thing. Um, definitely a different change of pace. And from there, Jimmy Lloyd actually stayed in the ring because G-Raver came out and has returned. So G-Raver is a, another predominant um, deathmatch wrestler in GCW and on the independent scene. But he actually really badly damaged his um, his arm um, and he cut a lot of nerves in his arm um, when he was wrestling Jimmy Lloyd um, and he was out of action for a long time and um, he came back to this um, show to sort of have his return promo um, saying about how he'd been on the shelf but everyone had texted him and you know how he was he went in there to you know sort of tell Jimmy everything was fine but we got the swerve and G Raver turned on Jimmy Lloyd and then he proceeded to be on the mic while he um, doused Jimmy Lloyd's legs in lighter fluid and he actually set his legs on fire um, crazy uh, Jimmy Lloyd you know he was properly on fire but thank god they had um, people with uh, with extinguishers there because you know it, phew, you know fair play to him even though it was a reckless um you know reckless uh, spot but um yeah g raver's back so we'll see where that goes and you know that's exciting you know another new fresh face oh well uh, uh returning face to gcw so that'll be really cool so then we came into the semi-finals of the um, NGI5 and the first match was between Alex Cologne and Mance Warner which was a light tubes, door and glass um, pain death match. Um, this was, um, you know, this was nasty. Um, Alex Cologne, he actually got out a knife and started carving at Mance Warner's head um, and the audience wanted to you know, see it as it was going on. It was right in the front of the camera on TV. Um, it, it looked nasty. Um, wasn't really a fan of that. I felt it was a bit much for my tastes. Um, it looked very uh, brutal and dangerous. Um, we then had a headbutt battle, which was then followed by a bionic elbow from Mance Warner. Crowd really into this thing. The crowd were loving it, and, um, you know, which really surprised me. And then we had um, a barbed wire light tube board, which was actually had a bed of nails on. And what actually ended the match was where Mance Warner landed a knee onto um, Alex Cologne. Amazingly, somehow Alex Cologne lost this match and Mance Warner got the victory, but landed a knee onto the... It had nails on it and then it knocked out um, Alex Cologne and then Mance got the victory. Short and sweet, this match, but um, dangerous and scary all the same. Um, lots of blood was shed in this one, and there was a lot of uh, this was this was dangerous, but it was good um, and really good to see Mance Warner advancing and Cologne once again showed the respect, um, which was really good to see. There was lots of respect on this show because all these guys, you know, are putting their careers on the line and things. So that that was a really good, um, 
you know, show of respect. And it was it was where it was. So from there, we then came into a light tube war between Shane Mercer and Masada. Masada actually came out and was uh, sort of bandaged up. And Shane Mercer and him locked up to begin with. Mercer was actually thrown to the outside and then he was whipped into some tubes by Masada. Masada um, was on a different level here. I think the injury earlier on kind of sparked something in him. He um, really went after Shane Mercer bad severely and um, he really went for it. Um, there was a body slam into some tubes. But what was crazy was that Shane Mercer actually landed her... Um, he had him in an electric chair. It's what Kenny Omega used to do as his finish, but I can't remember where it's called. But he had an electric chair. He grabbed Masada as he came down and then landed the German suplex into a table, which was nuts, and that was a two count, um, which was then followed by Masada with a Death Valley driver into a glass pane and a door from a two count. Um, hard shots with light tubes. And then um, Shane Mercer was actually skewered with... Um, a. a handful of skewers from Masada um, right into his head um, it was it was scary actually um, and I think it actually dazed Shane Mercer quite a lot because then there was sort of like a knee with the with the chair um, or with a chair which then Masada won the match with um, from Shane Mercer um, Shane looked very dazed after this um, and Masada really went for it with those spikes. If you've not seen it, all the skewers, um, if you've seen the barbed wire massacre um, from TNA between OVE and um, LAX, where Homicide was on top of the um, ladder, um, it's it's that kind of spot. Um, dangerous, uh, absolutely dangerous, crazy stuff. Um, so Masada actually went forward and... Um, yeah, there was it, it was what it was. I'm just glad that they both were well. I say they were both okay. You know, it was it was brutal. Which then there was sort of a long drawn out um sort of preparation for the main event, which was the finals between Masada and Manswana, and it was a Taipei glass no canvas barbed wire um board death match. So um Taipei um fists so both Mantuana and Masada had taped fists and they um were super glued this was shown on the actual feed but they were super glued um or they had super glue attached to them and then they proceeded to put their hands into a bucket of um broken glass which Nick Gage um you know was holding um yeah this was scary um no canvas as well so the ring was as hard as you know the boards basically exposed boards um there was glass everywhere on this thing this was Mance Warner and it was also a bit like um Last Man Standing so every time someone landed on the ground on the um on the uh, boards they had the 10 count to get back up to their feet um so that added into the match as well uh, it was crazy absolutely crazy um the, the bloodshed in this match was insane um, Masada was was vicious and scary in this match. He was really going after Manswana. Um, Manswana bled and bled and bled. And there was actually one point where Masada landed a sharpshoot, or, or um, actually locked in a sharpshooter, I should say. And um, Chris, the referee, um, actually said Jesus on um, not not reminiscent of um, Zandig. Jesus, but he said Jesus Christ in terms of that it looked that vicious. Um, it was scary. 
Uh, I think this match went on a bit too much, and it and it did though because what happened actually was that um, Masada actually somehow there was glass in the ring, and the injury Masada had earlier on was kind of opened up again. But then it was added in that his arm was hurt again, but another wound, and it looked like it was actually. So if you look at the inside of your forearm, um, it looked like it was one of the arteries there which had actually been cut. Um, because what happened was was it was followed by um, a bit of disarray and then somehow um, Mance Warner, who looked like he was about to lose the match, landed a really nasty-looking DDT onto, Mance, uh, onto Masada, sorry, and Mance actually got the win, which then followed with Masada quickly leaving the ring to um, go and get medical attention. Masada, you know, props to him, um, you know, for finishing out and then getting out of the ring in time. You know, and I'm. I hope he's okay. I think I've heard that he's okay, and Mans Warner as well. Fair play, total respect for you going through this thing, and the blood. You know, it wasn't fully to my taste because it was very violent, but you know, he he really showed that he was a death match wrestler in this mat in this show and this match, um, and then uh, Nick Gage came out to congratulate him. Um, I was about to congratulate him, I should say, when four four zero came out so Ricky Shane Page, the GCW champion, Atticus Koga, um Eric Ryan and um and Gregory Iron um I believe came out as well. I just I think I'm right there. I think Gregory Iron came out. And wow you talk Ricky Shane Page is the best heel going today. I'll put that against any I'll put him against anybody else. His response to when he came out was white heat. And if any of you know what that means, it's the kind of heat where um, wrestlers are in danger from the fans and the fans will probably turn and attack you. And there was instances where the fans were um, very vocal and very aggressive. Um, they see Nick Gage very much as a god in that area of um, New Jersey. Um, at one point, we did think a fan had got involved, but it was actually Cole Radrick, um, who was wearing a hoodie. Um, but it did look like a... a fan who'd got involved to attack four or four four oh um it was it was phenomenal you know i mean this this segment was phenomenal um this was intensity which has been lacking in a lot of wrestling today um and ricky shane page you know he, he if anyone wants to know how to be a heel you know in today's wrestling watch this guy and see how he works because his he doesn't have to do anything like he just looks at the camera or he just looks at the fans and they're just so vehemently despise him that it just makes you realise how good someone can be with doing very little and he does that perfectly. And um, this was sort of followed by um, an exchange between Nick Gage and uh, Ricky Shane Page and uh, what was decided was that the following night... Um, for this this following night unfortunately um i didn't have access to this because this was on independent wrestling tv and not on fight but that ricky shane page was finally going to put on uh, the title on the line against mance warner after he won the uh, nick gage invitational which mance warner got really fired up for he delivered a great promo at the end of this match and this uh, event um and nick gage was on fire as well in the ring lots of heat lots of aggression lots of passion this was a great ending to the show uh, great storyline development as well this was great storyline development from these guys and you know i thought it was brilliant 
um, and I thought it was a really strong ending to this show, which um, it had ups and downs. There was some pretty nasty looking injuries from what I've said, but overall, I think again, it was a really good show. Um, if you're not into deathmatch wrestling, don't watch this show. <laughs> um, I'm only saying that now just because there was so much deathmatch wrestling. But if you want to get into deathmatch wrestling and you want to see what deathmatch wrestling can be like with some of the most unique wrestlers today, check this show out, you know, and definitely, um, you know, check it out because um, it's there to be seen. Um, the storyline developments were brilliant. Um, the six-way was a ton of fun. Um, everyone got time in this show as well, and the fans were brilliant. They were only they were only quiet for the Aero Boy and Alex Cologne match, but I'm unsure why. But the rest of the matches they were really hot for, so it was great. Um, definitely another standout show from Game Changer Wrestling. They're absolutely just blowing it out of the park at the moment with everything they're doing. They're so unique. They're so creative. They're so um clever with what they do. They're so um good at producing independent wrestling and it's always a pleasure to be able to watch and review the shows for you know fans and you know I, I you know really enjoy watching the shows um and I think that you know they've done a great service during 2020 and Covid to carry on going and to carry on producing these high quality shows so props once again to Game Changer Wrestling for putting on another stellar show um, definitely check this one out. It's available on Fight. Um, as I mentioned, the bonus match of KTB and Juicy for now, which I reviewed earlier on, that'll be in the description at the bottom of the um, podcast for you all to um, watch and to share and what and you know like because it's brilliant. Um, so yeah, so that concludes my um, review of the Nick Gage Invitational uh, Tournament Five. Brilliant pay-per-view once again from GCW. Thank you once again to Fight for allowing me to review the show. Um, loving, you know, what you've been doing recently. And, you know, it's such a pleasure to be able to share so many great promotions with so many people. So thank you. And um, finally, just to close off, um, you can find BBG Wrestling uh, on Twitter at BBG Wrestling and on our website at www.bbgwrestling.com. So that concludes this next, this latest GCW review um, for the Tuesday Night Fight Review. I hope you've enjoyed it, and I hope you go out there and you watch the Nick Gage Invitational Tournament 5, and I'll see you all again soon. So thank you, everybody, and see you later.